0: Welcome to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I'm sitting directly across from one of the members of Bob Moses. I'll let you introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Jimmy, and I'm one of the members from Bob Moses. Well, thanks for sitting down and talking with me today.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me. No
0: problem. So you're in your teenage hometown. Did you go and visit your old teenage haunts today?
1: A little bit. Like, we went to Stanley Park. Uh, We walked around downtown. Like, I used to come around downtown a lot. Like, I just would hang out here. And, you know... It, it's changed a bit, but it hasn't changed enough. I mean, I still know the city like the back of my hand. You know, it's great to be back. Did you have dinner with your mom? I did. I, the first thing I did is I saw my mom, and she's in her hotel room, and I went and showered in her hotel room. I was like, Mom, I need to come shower. So that's what I did. And, you know, it's Mom, so she was like, of course. So did you guys have a special dinner?
0: What's your special family dinner?
1: Um, my friend who uh, lives a couple blocks away from the venue, she's like a sort of a second sort of mom figure in my life. Uh, she's having dinner with like friends and family, and I'm just going to kind of go crash it. And I said I, I said I might not have time, but I think I have some time, so I'll just show up and you know maybe steal some food. You definitely
0: should. Well, let's get to it then. I'm going to start with Back Down, off your second record, Bad Lines. How about you prepare the listeners for the song for people who might have never heard of your music before? Sure. Uh, this
1: song, we actually wrote in a sound check on our last tour, um, and it's sort of an inspirational sort of modern day sort of protest song, which is kind of... I like guess not very stereotypical for like electronic dance act to write about, but you know, we were sort of inspired by what was going on and we hope you enjoy it. The
2: home, we're all in the fight for a future
0: Welcome back to the Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track "Back Down" off the record "Battle Lines" by a band called Bob Moses. I have one of the members here with me. His name's Jimmy. Jimmy, would you like to tell us a little bit more about the song now that
1: we've heard it? Um, well, it's really fun to play live. It was really fun to make, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's like it just felt, it just feels good. It's weird. It's nice to like sometimes get some distance now from songs, and they start. You start to like your own music without sounding like a maybe that sounds weird but i think i have a i have difficulty liking our stuff i think some people a lot of people have that in common or a lot of artists so now getting some space from it sometimes i hear it i'm like you know what i think we did pretty good with that one sort of getting to the place where you don't feel like you wrote it anymore it just kind of like exists you know and you can kind of look at it from a from sort of like a third person perspective and sometimes you can end up even hating your own music even more which is and then you just go oh wow we really flubbed that one or Actually, you know what? We did pretty good. So it's... I don't know. I think just space and distance and time will sort of rights all those or you figure it out, you know?
0: So, oh, someone
1: is entering the room. Hello. Hello. That's Joe, our drummer. He likes to interrupt things. Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm super good at interrupting. Yeah. He's a great drummer. But uh, do you know how you can tell if uh, a drummer is knocking on the door? Here we go. Uh, The knock speed up. Oh. Not dope. Yeah. Reaction. Not... Not
0: the best. Not Jimmy's best. He's usually... I'm a little disappointed because you're usually just so much better than that. Oh, man. He is the king. He is the king.
1: We were, we were just talking about all of our insecurities of liking our own music, and this guy just comes in beating <laughs> up in here. <laughs> all
0: right, here's your chance to say something. Make a joke about... I, I can't make a joke, but I will say that Jimmy is the king of the memes, and he keeps us laughing throughout the, the tour. Sometimes in the deepest, darkest of pits of despair. Only Jimmy's memes could get us through. Well, thank you for interrupting my interview. No problem. (laughs) We should introduce the other main member of the band. In absentia, his name's Tom. You guys have been called the Sedin Twins of music because you're from Vancouver, and the Sedin Twins are a fairly famous Vancouver music duo. So, how do you feel about that?
1: I would... I've never heard that before, and I, I like that. I think that that's... I, you know grew up going to Canucks games, and I think I saw their first game, their home game for the Canucks and they were like like little, like they were like 18. And you know, I know they've recently retired, and you know, they're great hockey players and good dudes, so I'd wear that. If we could be called the Sedin Twins, because we are from Vancouver, sort of look the same and play music together, then I'm I'm all about that. So when you're not playing music, is hockey your thing? I do love hockey. I actually have a Canucks jersey, a Pavel Bure vintage one. It's on the bus with me, and uh it's this thing, like sometimes we play Uh, When we play our shows, we do after parties, and if I DJ the after party, I tend to always wear the Pavel Bure jersey. It's become like a a thing.
0: For people who aren't from Vancouver, you're going to have to explain who the Sedin twins are and who Pavel Bure is.
1: Well, the Sedin twins are two Swedish brothers who look identical, uh, that were the assistant captain and captain of the Vancouver Canucks for, wow, like maybe... Well, they were on the team for like the better part of 15 years anyways. They were there for a long time. Um, And Pavel Bure also known as the Russian Rocket, number 10, playing in the Canucks in the 90s and took us to game seven against New York. That was a great team. We lost. We'd never won the cup, but uh, he's a legend.
0: Nice. And we will mention that Tom and Jimmy do not look alike
1: at all. (laughs) No, maybe to some people. They're like, you're both tall and from Vancouver, so that's good enough. I
0: think it's time to play another song. I'm going to play Enough to Believe off your second record, Battle Lines. How would you like to tell... The audience a little bit about this before they hear it
1: well this song's kind of interesting in the sense that like we wrote it uh we were playing a show in new york and we booked some studio time the next day to write just work on music and um we really didn't want to be there we were like hungover, and you know just didn't want to be working and that song came out and Funnily enough, that song is sort of about like being lost and looking for inspiration, and we sort of wrote it from a deeper place than that. But it's ironic that in that moment of not feeling very inspired, not wanting to do anything, that that song came out of that. So it's you know we're I think we did all right.
0: Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Enough to Believe by a band called Bob Moses. I'm sitting here backstage with Jimmy from the band. Jimmy, you guys recorded this record in Laurel Canyon. That's in Los Angeles, California. That area of Los Angeles has kind of a storied history. So I'd love you to tell me about one moment that you spent there where you soaked in that history.
1: It's really weird, like that area is crazy. It still seems like it's in the 60s, and like, you know, my neighbor's been there for 40 years and has gone to all sorts of crazy parties. Steven Tyler lived just up the street from me, which is really crazy. And I think one of the strangest things ever was that I was, I'm a big Nine Inch Nails fan, and I was wearing a Nine Inch Nails shirt. And I answered the door, and the FedEx guy was there. And he's like, You're a Nine Inch Nails fan? I was like, Yeah. He's like, Trent's on my route <laughs> on this thing. And I was like, Sweet, dude. Cool story. Um, I think there's just like a lot of musicians that sort of live there and have their little home studios. And Tom and I have never had a studio in somewhere that we've lived. And so, until when we were teenagers living here, but like, uh, it was really nice to be able to get a house, have a studio, and then not know when to stop working. Is that your drummer in the background right now? Uh, I think so. It's either our drummer or Mansionaire's drummer. Um, But uh, yeah, this is the thing that happens is it basically sounds like T-Rexes and Jurassic Park are coming to get you.
0: And for people who don't know, who is Mansionaire?
1: Mansionaire is an awesome band from uh, Sydney, Australia, and uh, we've uh, brought them to, or like, I guess they were in LA, but we've just like, you know, sort of gone with them to, uh, to open for us uh, for this whole, I guess, like 30-day to plus tour, and they're awesome dudes. Their music is great. I would highly suggest you go and check them out.
0: Yes, I hope they check them out. I wanted to talk more about. Oh, wow. I wanted to talk more about Nine Inch Nails because I was reading in the Georgia Straits today that you listened to their iconic record, Downward Spiral, a lot while writing this second record called Battle Lines.
1: Yeah, um, well, I mean, I think going to LA was a scary thing for me in the sense that we've only lived in places that have gloomy weather, like, you know, New York and Vancouver. And melancholy has always been a sort of undertone to our music. And I was worried about going to a sunny, happy place that maybe that would dissipate, you know? Um, And so I sort of scoured my collection for, like, records that were made in houses in Los Angeles that were just, like, not the opposite of happy. And the Downward Spiral is probably the most unhappy record. One of them you could find that, you know, that appeals to me in, like, an electronic nature, songwriting, like, I don't know, there's a lot of things about that record that I just love more so than it's anger. We're being interrupted yet again. Yeah, hi. Oh. This time, oh, and, uh, they didn't want to stay, stick around and chat. That was our tour manager, Yasmin, who's, um, she's lovely. She's from New Zealand, and, uh, I wouldn't know where to find my shoes in the morning if it wasn't for Yaz.
0: Thank goodness for Yaz. Yes. So Nine Inch Nails, you were saying it's a dark album. I'm going to respectfully disagree and say that I think it's one of those records that di- it's known for very dark songs But if you listen to it from beginning to end it takes you on a little bit of a journey that has a bittersweet ending
1: yeah I think that's yeah this is what I, I think I was going to ultimately say is that similar to or maybe we sort of took this note from it is that there's a light at the end of the tunnel You know, and I think we've always tried to instill that in our music as as well. Like some of our songs are like, you know, music is a cathartic experience for us, so some of our songs might sound a little ventier, like, you know. um, But it's, we always try to instill hope, and I think the downward spiral has that as well. Yes, it's this angry thing, and there's a lot of frustration and aggression, but underlying it is someone who's self aware and realizes that they need to get out of the situation that they're in, you know?
0: Yeah, I would agree. So, some people are not going to necessarily see the connection between Nine Inch Nails and Bob Moses. I'm going to play a little bit of Nine Inch Nails in the back while we're talking about this, so how about you give them one connection between the music?
1: I would say specifically on the track, Heaven Only Knows, the single, There's, I think there's a little bit of a vibe there that you can probably hear. That's probably the closest. And then there's a couple There's a couple of other things there, like I think the piano line in uh, Selling Me Sympathy has a bit of a sort of trend characteristic to it, but it's not like, you know... We're not one of those bands that we try and copy stuff, I think like a lot of our favorite bands sort of sound like a blend of their influences, but then done in a completely different way, you know? So I think you'll hear sort of everything that we love, which is like 90s alternative and grunge, and then you'll hear like Oasis-y kind of stuff, and then you'll hear like you know modern day Deep House stuff, so it's kind of a blend, if you put all that in a blender, shake it up, and I think you get us. You know,
0: So let's listen to another song Let's listen to Heaven Only Knows I want to talk a little bit about remixes When we've heard the song So how about you pick one of the remixes of this track
1: For me to play I would love you to play the Matthew Deere remix And why did you choose that song? I'm a huge Matthew Deer fan Actually I'll say Tom and I are both huge Matthew Deere fans Um, He's a lovely dude We've had the chance to play with him and meet him a couple times Uh, He makes great records He makes great remixes And we're thrilled that he did a remix of our song
0: Welcome back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Heaven Only Knows, the Matthew Deere remix by a band called Bob Moses. I'm sitting here with Jimmy backstage. So you guys have won a Grammy for a remix of a song from the first record by the RAC. When you finished this record, did you pick up the phone and give him a call?
1: No. uh, We, I don't know. It's just like the kind of thing I think like repeating yourself is kind of... I don't know. I just don't like the idea of doing that. I think it was like it was really awesome that that happened, and he's an awesome dude, uh, and that was an awesome moment to like sort of celebrate winning a Grammy for a song that we wrote and he remixed, and that was just really cool. Um, but it wasn't the kind of thing we were like, okay, let's call call RAC again and get another remix. You know, I, I think it was kind of like we've done that. And, yeah.
0: You'll be going through his hometown in two days. Are you going to hang out with him?
1: Uh, probably gonna give him a call. Then, yeah, he's a, he's awesome. Like, I mean, we only hung out for a brief moment at the Grammys and traded a couple of emails and stuff. But he seems like a really sweet dude, so I think we'll probably uh, you know give him a buzz and and go do some fun stuff. Nice. So
0: we're here to talk about Bad Lines today. I was reading an interesting review of the record where the reviewer was kind of mourning the direction you took on this record. She really loved it how on the first record you guys really treaded the line between club indie stuff and sort of mainstream rocky stuff and she sort of felt that you guys had gone more in the direction of Coldplay and I'll make it clear that Coldplay have written a lot of really great songs but I wanted to get your
1: reaction um you know I think everyone I want to say I think everyone has the right to have an opinion and I'm not one of those people to be like what do you do you know um and uh I I, to be honest I'm a fan of a lot of Coldplay songs so (laughs) I think they have written some great songs um They have had the uh, unfortunate... For some reason, I don't know why, they're one of the biggest bands in the world, but they've become sort of like press... Like, the press hate them for some reason. Which, I think that's a common thing. Like, you see a lot of bands that become quite successful and then the press just tear into them for some reason. Um, You know, we've sort of... Lucky enough to escape a lot of things. I think some people that, like, are super into, like, house music might have been like, oh, okay, they're writing more songs and maybe that might have upset them. But uh, to be honest, like I feel really happy with what we did and I think a lot of people have sort of connected with it, especially on the songwriting aspect with the lyrics and stuff like that. It feels like a a step, you know, in, in, in a direction, whether some people think that's forward or backwards or whatever it is, I'll leave that up to them. But I, I think we just like not, we don't like sitting still. We like to take steps.
0: I think that it's time to play another track. I want to play a track from the first record, now that you have a new record, Battle Lines, with a whole bunch of new songs, some old songs have to come out of the live show, what's one
1: song you've had to drop that you miss? Uh, this one is an old one from the uh, Far From The Tree EP, actually, we're dropping Far From The Tree, which is like a song that like, you know, in the days when we started out in New York and when we first started touring was like one of the tunes that sort of I guess put us on the map as like a cool production house duo sort of thing, that track really helped. But, you know, I think we've just canned it so much over the last five years or since it's come out, so for the moment it's taking a little break.
0: Welcome back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I'm sitting backstage with one member of Bob Moses. His name's Jimmy. We just heard the track. Uh, what did we hear? You chose one of the early tracks from the Tree EP.
1: Oh, I chose that. Oh, okay. I didn't realize I was making a choice. I thought it was just one that I left out. But, uh, yeah, that's Far From the Tree. I remember actually writing that with Tom. We wrote it over someone else's... Like, someone else was making a beat. And... Um, they wanted to collaborate with us and we wrote that over that over their beat and then they ended up saying oh you can't use that beat anymore i'm going to use it for another remix and we were like oh man so we had to remake a song and i think it ended up being better than the original beat that like you know it's fun sometimes you when you have to recreate something you go okay that's it that's just might as well quit because you'll never do it the same and uh that was one of those ones where it panned out well
0: so, the new record came out on September 14th. It's about two weeks later. You guys are going to probably hit the road for around two years promoting this record. Yeah. So, you guys are getting to be kind of a big operation now. I'm backstage. You've got people. So, I was going to ask you, since you're going to be touring with Tom for two years, how do you guys give each other signals that it's time to give each other alone time?
1: Um, we don't really do that. I think we really like respect. We really enjoy hanging out with each other. Like, we're best friends. And we both realize that everything is sort of for this greater good, you know? And that both of us are involved And It's very much like a sort of 50-50 thing. And, like, we're both, like, we're very um, sort of like yin and yang. He's really good at stuff I'm horrible at and vice versa. And so because we don't really have a lot in common on certain things, there's no clashing, if that makes sense. So there's never really that, like, you know need for space i mean after like spending like months on a bus with people at one point you just want to sort of have alone time but it's not really like oh man if i see this person another day i'll just flip out it's, it's never i know some bands don't get along but i feel very fortunate that we do and another surprise guest this is actually tom's brother ian oh, okay. um, hi ian he, hey guys how you guys doing we picked the busiest, we're doing great <laughs> we picked the busiest room in the commodore yeah, I mean, to yeah. hang out um but uh, you know, it makes for interesting. It makes for interesting uh, radio,
0: for sure. Absolutely. So then, to continue on with that question, when is there ever a time when you're like, "Hey, hey Tom, I've got this crazy meme to show you," and you're like, mm, "Maybe I'll wait till later."
1: I, uh, I just send them all the time. I don't. There's never an inappropriate time. But there's some moments where I look at one and I go oh you know what that'll come in handy when this sort of situation presents itself and that's when you don't want to like you don't want to like play that card too soon you know
0: it's the end of the show and i'm going to give you a choice we can either play the only thing we know or battle lines battle lines is the more rocky track but you could choose you know what i'm going to give you an option you can also go rogue and pick another track that you want us to hear
1: i'm actually going to pick the only thing we know I'm glad that you picked that uh, one, and it's one of my favorites off the record, so I'm going to go with that. It's weird picking your own kids, you know, but I think that, that, that one's going to be the one. So why did you choose this song? I don't know. It's like weird. It's like, you know, you caught me at a moment where I was just feeling particularly sort of uh, close to that one. So I think, uh, yeah, I hope people like it.
0: I bet they will. Thank you very much for being on my show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: If you.
2: Shut the shadow say sorry, and would
1: you let go? The
2: only thing we you know. If you don't need me, say it ain't slow. And if you won't leave me, who will I fall off? I say sorry.
1: with Scott Wood.